Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another spooky episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Haddonfield, Illinois, to Camp Crystal Lake, to Springwood, Ohio, to LV426, to the Bates Motel, to a cabin in the woods, and everywhere in between. Happy Halloween to the Multiverse Report. Listeners and watchers, my name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? My brain furiously trying to get most, if not all, of the references you dropped there. (laughs) (laughs) I think I followed at least 75% of them, so... For me, not as uh, not as much of a diehard spooky seasoner as you are. I feel like True. I did okay. Uh, well, Halloween, mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Uh, Alien. It's LV four two six. Bates Motel. Okay. Psycho. Obviously, and Cabin yeah. in the Woods can be attributed to any number of yeah. films. Um, in my heart, it is the Evil Dead franchise. However, it okay. could also just straight up be Cabin in the Woods, the movie itself. So, so Springwood and LV four two six were the two I wasn't sure on. LV426, yeah. for some reason in my brain, I was thinking of Event Horizon. And uh, oh, like I knew yeah, it was yeah. a sci-fi type reference. I wasn't there. Yeah. So. It's also, the planet event- that they that they land on in the first uh, Alien okay. movie. And the one that they go back to in, in the second Alien yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. I, actually, yeah. No, it's while uh, we're thinking about it, event, event Horizon. Should I go back oh, and man. rewatch that? Dude, I don't know. It's, I've it's seen like, that movie more times than I should have seen it. Yeah. And it just really creeps me the fuck out. I, I know. I it's like, it's sorry for dropping an F-bomb so early in the show, but geez. It's, it's, it's always the only such way a to good react movie, to that movie, but it's like, I, it's, it actually viscerally hits you. And you're like, yeah. 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 yeah, it's like, it's so, it's hard for me to watch because of the creepiness and yep. like the gore of it. And it's just... If you have it's not just, seen it and you enjoy that sort of things, yeah. absolutely watch it. However, Sam Neill, that is creepy. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yep. So well, I'm uh, glad we started that out like like we have. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's Halloween weekend. Halloween is uh, Tuesday, but this is the weekend that we're all the celebratory celebrates and parties and all that kind of stuff. Um, speaking of parties, Steve, you and I uh, did a little bit of partying Friday night at my annual Halloween party, didn't we? Absolutely. And it was uh, quite yeah. the successful bash, as always. So, If you're watching and wondering why Steve uh, has much less facial hair, it's because <laughs> of his costume, yes. which was a deep-cut 80s reference that I loved with all my heart. Steve, tell the people what it was. Uh, went full-blown Thundar the Barbarian from the old Hanna-Barbera Thundar cartoon. the Barbarian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. Um, I uh, was originally planning to be Han Solo and my wife was going to be Princess Leia and then there was a, uh, a costume delivery mishap so we scrambled at the last minute and I threw together a, an Ash from Evil Dead um, costume made a little cardboard chainsaw for myself and um, uh, was... Steve and I we got a picture together I'll be posting that online either tonight or tomorrow so you can see us in all of our uh, costumed uh, Halloween glory that was a, a um, very uh, well pulled off last minute ash, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I walked in. I'm like, oh, he said he just pulled that off in like 24 hours. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, the the chainsaw was the hardest thing. I was like, yeah. I got a blue button down shirt that I don't care about that I can cut a sleeve off of. I got khaki pants that I yep. I can wear. Um, I just need some strappy things and a chainsaw and a cardboard. And I had the right colored 
colors of duct tape to just wrap around a cardboard thing and make a chainsaw. Your son so, happened to have a nice out. boomstick sitting around and uh, problem solved. Yeah, he had a nice Nerf boomstick for me to throw in a holster and uh, worked out. Worked out. Um, I also, uh, my band, uh, The Action, played a Halloween show last night in which we dressed as the Adams Family and I was Wednesday. So I think in addition to the picture of uh, Steve and I as Thundar and Ash, I may also include a picture of myself dressed as Wednesday Adams, just for you fine watchers and listeners um, to check out. I always so, love uh, to, at the, the annual Gibson Halloween Bash, you always get the preview of whatever the band will be uh, performing as the next night because your brother-in-law will always wear whatever that costume is. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong, but like... You know, like most grown adults, I have two different Halloween costumes every year. Yeah. <laughs> one for my party, one for my band's show. It's totally normal. I don't know why he only wants to do one. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with him. I mean, he's a grown adult. He should have multiple Halloween costumes oh, every year, absolutely. right? That's what all grown absolutely. adults do. Uh, so anyway, yes, happy spooky season um, to all and to all a good night. Uh, moving into legitimate, uh, I guess, you know, the word legitimate can be debated but some legitimate nerdy news um first of all business out of the way this episode like all episodes sponsored by funky town comics and vinyl in camillus new york uh this is the first week in a long time because i was so busy planning for my party i was not able to go to funky town comics for the first time in a long time this is a week that i was unable to go to a comic book store and i felt it fill up my heart steve yeah felt it real bad but nonetheless, they still sponsor this podcast, and we appreciate them for it. So check them out. Well, I had a big week at Funky Town, so. Oh, you did? I can't wait to hear about it when we get to the comics section, for sure. Um, we'll be talking some Marvel stuff tonight. We'll be talking a very tiny bit of DC stuff tonight. We'll be talking some Star Wars stuff tonight. Also doing comic reviews, um, as we do every week. Starting things off, as we have done every week for the last several weeks. I'm talking about Strike, Strike Watch. We are hearing rumors that we are nearing the end of the Screen Actors Guild strike. Rumors are saying that SAG and the studios are nearing a deal. No announcement has been made yet. However, it is being reported that if a deal is not reached by November 1st, which is this coming Wednesday, if there's no deal in place by November 1st, then the 23 24 television slate broadcast network television slate is pretty much dead on arrival and over before it starts done before it even begins and that we will likely see mass cancellations of other shows whether those be shows that are on broadcast television or shows that are exclusive to streaming services um uh similar to what happened during the pandemic shows got canceled just because studios didn't want to keep paying crews and actors and things to you know to hold right. um for filming so they just they're going to release the contracts to save money cancel shows to save money so i'm sure there's a bunch of shows out there that just kind of barely avoided cancellation or um were renewed because they didn't have anything else to replace them with content to replace them with or whatever so those shows probably going to go yep. as well as the, the entirety like i said the entirety of the 2324 um broadcast television uh slate so that means pretty much a year of nothing but reality tv and reruns yay so things people don't think about for the strike stuff include like yes the actors and the writers were on strike but there's a lot of other things that go into these productions 
And yep. those guys are all still under contract and yeah. not breaching contract by striking. So the studios still have to pay them as long as those shows are on the books. So, yep. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, there's, there's ramifications. And I, I mean, I think, uh, I, let's put it this way. I don't think we're sorry for the studios at all. However, no. uh, I would be very sorry for the rest of those production crews. If a lot of these, uh, things got started to get shut down officially. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, as for me personally, I think I've said this before. I'm not as big of a TV guy as I am a movie guy, especially lately. Um, so I feel like personally, I wouldn't be affected by a shakeup as far as television goes or like a lack of television goes. Because I feel like there's been so much TV that I haven't seen that people have told me is great that yeah. if there's no new stuff to distract me, I'll be like, oh, I have an entire year to go back and watch all this other stuff that I haven't seen. Um, but uh, Steve, would that would that do you think it would be a big effect on your um, TV watching schedule if there was no new season of whatever to come out? Like my TV watching schedule is literally if there's a new nerd show or if something is good enough that my wife is like, you need to sit down and watch this with me. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. extent of my TV. So right, uh, short answer, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not uh, unless something is you know enough in the cultural zeitgeist that i hear about it and need to watch it or i get a recommendation from someone uh right it's not i i don't just i don't watch i i'm much more of a i would rather read or consume you know uh, I, I play right now i'm playing through spider-man 2 uh absolutely. oh you started it already oh i'm almost done with it wow is it great it's phenomenal uh oh, like it, it lives up to it lives up to the insomniac spider-man Ooh, okay um, okay at first it was slightly disjoining for me because we just came off of spider-man and miles morales mm -hmm. and like you had a you had a peter parker game and you had a miles morales game yeah and now it's in this both, one right? like when you first start you know it well through the whole thing you're switching between between the two spider-men right. um and you can you can opt to do it consciously like whoever you feel like playing for whatever oh. reason like oh that's cool if you're if you want to do peter missions or you want to do miles missions or whatever but you know awesome. the story does force you down certain like sure you have to use peter for this you have to use miles for this and there was a sure. point where it was like i would get going in the peter story and then it would switch to the miles story and i'm like but i want to finish this game before i yeah. play this game or i'd be like <laughs> yeah. Like right. the, the mile story would get awesome, and I'm like, "Yeah, we're gonna get some non-resolution." All right, we'll see you yeah, in about yeah. <laughs> a couple hours. But uh, but yeah, overall, like, absolute knocked it out of the park again. Oh man, and it awesome. feels it wait. feels like the originals. So that's I guess that's all you could ask when when the two originals yeah. were that good. It it is a worthy successor. Awesome, man. I can't wait. I'm probably not going to, I'm probably going to ask for it for Christmas. So it's probably going to be until early in the next new year before I, I'm really diving in to play it. Um, but I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited. What you, uh, how you just described that is how I remember feeling when I was reading the Lord of the Rings uh, series, the books. For oh, the first yeah. time. Yep. We're like how they go chapter by chapter, just like <laughs> this is about Frodo and Sam. And then you get super sucked into the yep. drama of it. And then like, cliffhanger but oh no the next chapter is back to right. aragorn and legolas and gimli you're like shit what 
And then the same thing by the end of that chapter, you're really invested in what's happening there. And then up oh, back to Frodo and Sam, you're like, what? Right. And then in the middle of the two towers, you're like, for some reason, I'm with a bunch of trees and Pippin and Mary, and I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah. They're high as a kite, smoking the pipe weed. And yeah, exactly. Sh- shit's yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Ah, all right. Well, that's exciting to hear. Glad to know that that game is uh, waiting for me in my future. Yeah, and it was a and... good. It was actually a good video game week for me too because um, my son had gotten. <laughs> it's funny. I I was planning on doing the play Spider Man, get the new Mario game, for like put throw that in the Christmas list and like yeah. whatever happens there. Uh, he got that for his birthday. It was coming out Ooh. this month, but you know was uh well actually your aforementioned brother-in-law got it for him for his birthday uh oh, nice. and so we're sitting there and like that shows up in the mail and i'm do- i'm playing spider-man and i'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> like i've never i haven't had this problem in years of like two video games that actually want my time yeah yeah, yeah. so, so oh, yeah, that's awesome it's it's a uh, there's there's options out there right now let's put it yeah. that way it's a good nerdy problem to have mm-hmm. when it comes to games, for sure. Um, speaking about problems, MCU's got some. Uh, may have some more. Uh, as this is something that we haven't talked about in a while, thankfully. I hate even talking about it at all, but uh, worth mentioning. Remember how uh, over the summer a little guy named Jonathan Majors uh, was accused of assaulting uh, his girlfriend in a cab? Got arrested for it. Uh, there's been reports of all kinds of things. It was really her fault and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if I believe that, but also all these reports of, uh, oh no, this guy's always been horrible. Um, so, you know, whatever, whole lot of things coming out of every side of everything, but must be some kind of uh credence to what's going on here because apparently this week, uh, a judge denied uh, majors and his team uh, there was a motion to dismiss the trial based on whatever evidence they thought they had the judge has denied that motion so it will go to trial and the trial will begin on november 29th it is really blowing my mind that disney and marvel are letting this go on so long without a statement from either side no statement from marvel no statement from disney regarding any of this entire mess they're letting it go to trial before they make any kind of decision. It's shocking to me that Disney, some a Disney, a company that fired James Gunn for uh, some bullshit story of tweets that were 10 years old and he had already apologized for, you know, like reactionary Disney has not has not gotten rid of this guy yet. And, you know, I've seeming at this point, it seems like they're waiting for the results of the trial, which seems. Again, just a shock to me that they would even want to be associated with someone that's going to have this hanging over his head for really the remainder of his career. Like there's people aren't going to forget this, that this happened. Right. Um, so it's shocking to me. And I, I know they invested a lot in this character that he's playing. And I've heard that he's a big part of at least one episode of Loki season two but that I still haven't watched yet. But um, it's just wild to me that they are still. Like, whether he's guilty or not, the fact that he's involved in all of this just seems like they would have cut ties months ago. And yet here we are, nothing. And he's going to trial. He might be convicted of assault 
and it and they're gonna wait till that happens before they cut him loose like yeah. i don't know it's just it's really surprising to me really surprising to me i mean would it would it be as surprising to you if it wasn't disney the most risk averse company around no it would be less surprising to me if it was any other company the fact that it is family friendly disney squeaky clean yep as much as we can be disney and not only that it's marvel you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's a very kid facing uh number one priority for them as far as franchises go and they've got a guy who's on trial for assault that is, you know, a lead in one movie and a recurring character in two of their shows. That seems just, again, just shocking. I don't know what else to say. It just seems surprising to me that they haven't yeah. called it on this guy. I mean, and we were numerous times we've prognosticated on how long it's going to take them. Uh, it seems like the answer is they may not, uh, which is. Like yeah. you said, very confusing, but also, yeah. like, I, I don't know. I mean, do they, is is there, from their standpoint, do they have too much in the bag on cutting ties? Or, like, is it that instrumental that they can't hold the moral high ground that Disney is known for? Yes, man. I can't imagine that, like, not even the character, but this actor. Are you telling me that this actor is so in- integral? to your plans for Kang that you can't recast him. Right. Like you can do that. <laughs> That's a thing that people do all the time. Like we'll still go see the movie. I guarantee you you're like Kang dynasty Avengers Kang dynasty. That's a movie that has the word Avengers in the title. Like people are going to go. People right. are going to go. It doesn't matter who Kang it doesn't is. matter who's doesn't matter. Hell, half the I people think, that like, go to see it aren't going to even remember what the hell was going on with that. I feel like it's a, it's a pretty long proven, um, uh, long proven theory and Chris Evans I think has even said this that like the characters are the stars of those movies the actors aren't the stars of those movies the characters you go to see Iron Man you don't necessarily go to see Robert Downey Jr. you go right. to see Captain America you don't go necessarily see Chris Evans so and like I said Chris Evans has even been on record saying that so and like we're not even talking about Iron Man and Captain America we're talking about Kang like right. he's very we're, replaceable very well, replaceable and I guess even in villains it's not like we're talking doom we're talking or a, loki yeah or magneto or something yes right, that's what i mean we're talking someone who like unless you are a giant marvel comics fan yes you have no idea who kang the conqueror is exactly yes we're talking a c-list villain I mean, to anybody outside yeah, of anyone in, outside anybody not 100%. entrenched in marvel comics this guy is like a nobody really i mean he's becoming somebody because they're starting you know they're getting those wheels to turn but you can recast him you can recast him and you should i think you should yeah because like like johnny depp was found guilty of domestic abuse in his trial with amber heard but even before that even before he was found guilty warner brothers fired him from the fantastic beasts franchise and replaced him and recast him so hey it's possible it's possible now, at the same, just, along those notes, like, is it something where, like, does Disney know something that this is going to get dropped or something like that? Like, 
I, I don't well, know. Yeah. It's it's the standard. Like he he is technically in it. I mean, he's innocent until proven guilty. True. I I don't know what's going on. Brian in the chat says uh, Terrence Howard is pissed. <laughs> exactly. You've recast over less, over way yeah. less. That's a great point, Brian. Like they've recasted the Hulk and uh, War Machine, Rhodey. And I think there's somebody else that I'm thinking of, but I mean, a less minor character. But like those are two pretty big characters. I would say bigger than Kang Red is Skull. to the MCU. Red Skull, sure. But that was like do an impersonation of the guy that we got. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um, so you cast recast two pretty main roles over way less, way less serious stuff than domestic abuse. So like, I don't know. The I mean, it's possible that they're waiting until Loki season two is over. And if Loki season two is the last thing that has Jonathan Majors, maybe they don't want to cast a shadow on the remaining episodes of Loki season two. Should he re- should he appear again? I think you're going to say, should he remain? And I was like, that's a little too on the nose, buddy. A little too on the nose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I mean? It could be like, hey, Loki season finale is out. And the next day, bam. I mean, that could be why we're similar to silent on it. Exactly. Similar to Warner Brothers and Ezra Miller. Like, we're not going to say anything until the movie comes out because we want people to see the movie. Right. And it didn't necessarily work. But, you know, that was their strategy. Similar thought process. That's the only thing I can think of. Only thing I can think. Yeah. Anyway, let's stop talking about that, please. And talk about something that I find very cool, very exciting, very interesting. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago we talked about Daredevil Born Again being rebooted? I don't remember. My last week was, was very busy. It seems like two weeks yeah. have passed in the last week, so I don't remember. It was remember. one of those weeks. One of those weeks. Um, during the uh, strike, Kevin Feige and other people at Marvel had a chance to review the footage. They had seen that had shot for Daredevil Born Again and realized that it wasn't working and needed an approach or wanted a new approach. And uh, they needed to hire a showrunner, needed to hire new directors. They have done that. Dario Scardapane is going to be the new showrunner of Daredevil Born Again. Now, this is exciting to me because, and it should be exciting to you if you like the original Netflix uh, Marvel shows. Dario Scardapane has been the showrunner on Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, the Amazon series. Okay. Starring, what's his face? Um, Jim from The Office. What's that guy's name? Yeah. Literally can only think of Jim Halpert as the only name. I was right there until you said Jim from The Office. (laughs) Uh, We're not moving on until we remember his name. Krasinski? John Krasinski. Yes. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. Teamwork. You got we the got last there. name? I got the first. Anyway, he show ran the Jack Ryan series. And he was also the showrunner of <laughs> Brian, Netflix's... Brian just picked up in the chat. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. He was a showrunner of Netflix's The Punisher. Okay. I've heard, of that. I've heard of that show. Okay. So we're going back. We're getting a guy who didn't do the Netflix Daredevil show, but he did the Netflix Punisher show. And that show was brutal and also was a spinoff of the daredevil show so this is a guy that's in the wheelhouse he knows how to make a dark and gritty series he knows how to write a conflict a morally conflicted character punisher daredevil yeah i don't know in wheelhouse. It tracks yeah 
They've also hired the directing team of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who have worked on a couple episodes of Loki Season 2 and a couple episodes of Moon Knight. So they are in the Marvel MCU world already, specifically the television world. So they maybe must be very happy with those episodes of those shows, happy with the working relationship with those directors. And uh, this article from Hollywood Reporter said that Benson and Moorhead will, quote, helm the remaining episodes. You might be thinking, wait, you told me they were rebooting and starting from scratch. Well, this article says the following. Marvel will keep some scenes and episodes that have already been shot, though other serialized elements will be injected. Scardapane will write the new episodes and the new scenes, incorporating what was already shot. Benson and Moorhead will direct the new episodes to bring the first season to a close. It's unclear how many episodes it will encompass. So that is a change. Originally, it was announced to be 18 episodes, like a full series, a full like broadcast TV old school series. Just seemed like a lot. I was excited about it, but it also seemed like a lot. So now we're down to not really knowing how many episodes this is. That's fine with me. I'll be interested to see if it's going to be all the way down to six like they've been doing, which I think is not enough. Um, but my guess is that it's going to be less than 18 at this point. Yeah, that um, sounds right. So, Steve, what do you think of this? A guy from The Punisher and uh, people that have already directed episodes of MCU television shows, what do you think of uh, this new direction for Daredevil Born Again? Well, I mean, it, it's the you had me at X and lost me at Y type thing. Um, yeah, okay. Like the the Daredevil Born Again awesome, or the... Um, Punisher guy. Punisher awesome. You know, we we talked a lot about some of the problems we had with Moon Knight and some of the issues that yeah. uh, occurred with that show. And I, I mean, I think ultimately it's going to work out, but also mm-hmm. like there's definitely some some conundrums here as to what's going on. So. Yeah. I don't know that my problems with Moon Knight were necessarily director related, though, like direction. Fair. It was more like I would say it was more writing. Yeah. All right. Because I don't necessarily think they stuck the landing. Um, you know, because we loved Oscar Isaac's performance. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. that series. He was great. And I think the way that he was directed and shot in that series helped showcase that. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree um, again, I don't I don't know what two episodes of Moon Knight these guys did, but um, I feel like the failings of Moon Knight were probably less about director and more about writing in general. So um, I think it's interesting that they're going to keep. I mean, it makes sense because they want to save money. Like if they already shot some cool fight scenes or something, then you can just write a different right. intro to those fight scenes or whatever, you know, and have those. Um, you don't have to re shoot those things, but. Um, I hope that because they're talking about how the tone of part of the reason they rebooted it was that the tone really wasn't what they wanted. It was more of like a legal courtroom drama and there wasn't as gritty as the Netflix show. And now it seems like they want to pivot back to something closer to the Netflix show so much so that they're hiring someone who directed one of those Netflix shows, (laughs) the darkest and grittiest and most violent of those Netflix shows to be exact. Um, Yeah. So it doesn't get any darker or grittier than what they did with that. So oh, 100%. I agree with you. But I the only I guess worry that I have is that 
will they be able to seamlessly combine things that have already been shot under different writers and different directors with this new gritty, darker approach that they're taking. Right. And I guess that remains to be seen. I hope that it's not blatant as far as like, I don't know, like in like in the, the theatrical cut, theatrical cut of Justice League. It's clear. A lot of times what was filmed by Zack Snyder and what was filmed by Joss Whedon, and it was just felt like this is like a. A, a Frankenstein of a movie is what everybody called that when it came out. So, like, I hope that this isn't like a Frankenstein of a television show and that it feels like it feels of one one mind in one direction when yeah. it comes out. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, yes. If not, then yeah. I don't know. That that was the other thing that did very much worry me was when they said shooting the remaining episodes. And I was like, yeah, didn't they say they were going to scrap it and start from square one? And apparently right. not. Yeah, because he's saying he will inject other elements into those like new scenes, not necessarily new episodes. So like he's add that's what that's what I, the worry that I'm talking about. They're talking about adding scenes to epi- two episodes that are already shot. So that's will that be like a mixy mashy thing? Um, the other thing, I mean, this is like probably not up to the showrunner. I guess it depends on what's being written. But um, Deborah Ann Wool as Karen Page. Uh, was in the first season of Punisher quite a bit. Yeah. Like she was in a few episodes. So that showrunner worked with her. He knows how to write for that character. He knows the relationship that she has with like the superhero community in New York City. So maybe hiring this guy is a step in the direction that we want it to go, a direction that gets us Karen Page and Foggy Nelson back into this Daredevil Born Again series. So yeah, when when all like, I think we talked about it before. There was yes, Wilson Fisk and uh, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock. Sorry, well, yeah, brain just. <laughs> I got uh, you. Yeah, but like the two of them were paramount to the show, but sure. the heart of that series was yep. Foggy and Karen. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, hopefully, that's part of uh, that's part of their realization why it wasn't working wasn't working because we were missing crucial elements of this guy's uh, supporting cast. So we shall see uh, some quick other MCU updates. Um, we got uh, insider. I'm blanking on his name, but uh, anyway, it's being reported uh, from multiple sources that uh, Spider-Man four has a starting date, a filming date of summer 2024, late summer coming up. It's going to start filming. Uh, that apparently a, a draft of the script, the first draft of the script was completed prior to the uh, writer's strike and that uh, Tom Holland, Zendaya and director John Watts are all expected to return for the fourth MCU Spider-Man movie. Steve, real quick, based on where we left Peter Parker at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, what would you like to see happen in Spider-Man 4? Oh god. I I don't know. I mean leaving it leaving it where it was. Spidey's a thing. Nobody knows. Venom's yeah. teased. Do we get Do we get the right symbiote story from here? Like 
I'm I'm trying to think. I'm trying to combine where I think they would go. Yeah, with what I would like to see. Right, and like they're they're going to want to bring Venom into this. Sony's going to push them to bring Venom into this. There's no Agreed. two ways about this. Like that's what that's what the studios are going to want. Add right. another element to it that is already established, and Sony has a big stake in, and people love Venom. Right. Hey, I, I'll I'm hit or miss on the symbiotes in general. It is what it is. They've been done very yeah. well. They've been done very poorly in both books and other medium. Um, right. I don't know. Have you had any any thoughts on where you're thinking it might go? Or I mean, the MCU Spider-Man series for me started off incredibly strong. Homecoming, yep, just silver bullet for me as far as I. Spider-Man movies. I love that movie. I think it's great. Yep. Far From Home, I do not like very much. No Way Home, I do not like very much. I know, again, I'm in the strong minority of people that don't love Spider-Man No Way Home. I admit that. No, I mean, we've had the, we've also had the discussion of like, me who did enjoy Spider-Man No Way Home, upon rewatch was like, eh, maybe I don't. Like, yeah, it's a little too sweaty for me. Yeah, it's there's but, there's definitely problems with yeah things but i was very excited about where he was left at the end of spider-man no way home he's just got like a suit without a bunch of tony stark technology in it he's doing it on his own no one knows who he is he's just living on his own figuring out how to be spider-man like it's peter parker right uh punching up you know what i mean he's like yeah. trying to you know he's he's in he's down and but he's still being Spider-Man, and that's like that's Peter Parker, to me. Um, the fact that Zendaya is in this signals to me that they are going to quickly somehow figure out a way to get Zendaya as MJ to remember who Peter is. It's kind of a bummer to me. I would all, like I like Zendaya. I think she's great as MJ, and I like I think she has great, obviously great uh, on-screen and off-screen <laughs> chemistry with Tom Holland. Yeah, but um. Uh, I would just really love a completely fresh start. Um, I would like Tom Holland just give me a Craven movie or a Lizard movie, some other like. Just give me a Spider-Man movie where he's just trying to stop one villain. And I don't need it to connect to the MCU. I don't need it to lead into symbiote stuff. I don't need it to connect to Secret Wars. But whatever. Part of me thinks yes because they did tease that little drop of symbiote stuff at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. That that's the way they're gonna go. Yeah. But also, part of me thinks they're going to say that for Secret Wars because that's where it happens in the original storyline. Yeah, but then why tease that symbiote coming. at the end of No Way Home? I don't know. Well, we did talk about how often they've had, you know, teasers at the end where they're not connected <laughs> they don't to anything follow for up years. With, yes. So, right, you yeah. know, maybe maybe that is the direction they take. And but at the same time, I mean, you've got this that's in production now probably looking at what a 26 date on it true i mean there's yeah because there's no date they haven't announced right a date for this this was not part of the phase six announcement at comic-con two years ago so i mean no one know, and who knows when this is going to come out well i mean maybe that's maybe they take it back to like maybe that is where like they want to do that in secret wars and maybe Spider-Man 4 is much more of a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's I would love that so much. 
That's and, exactly what I want it to be, but I don't think they're going to do that. Well, the other, I guess, part of the other hard issue with that and where they have Spider-Man right now is you don't have the May anchor either. Right. Yeah. So He's completely untethered. Right. So it's uh, outside of, you know, spoilers for uh, a five-year-old video game uh, outside of that there's no other medium we know of that there's no tether to either yeah. may or ben or any of that like yeah so yeah. yeah i i mean i would love again as much as i love zendaya i would love to give her a break and give me like a flirtatious romance with felicia hardy give me some black cat or yeah. give me some gwen you know introduce gwen in a in a way that makes sense somehow, you know. Um, I, mean, I would like something cat, completely different, would work but great I for a friendly neighborhood too. Yeah, like I know, you know, it's the. I mean, the dynamics different, but the same for the Peter and Black Cat, and Bruce and Catwoman, and like for sure, we've yeah, like there's there's plenty of analogs, there's plenty of differences, but like they're they're both viable. Like we've we've yep. seen on the big screen that the Bruce and Catwoman thing can work might mm-hmm. as well go like bring someone in as Felicia and yeah give it a go cuz they can yeah they can have like a slightly antagonistic relationship maybe she's some like working for the bigger bad or whatever right. but then has a crisis of confidence or morality and realizes that what she's doing is wrong so ends up teaming up with Spider-Man like they could easily do that Dude, bring in, in a, a tombstone story yeah man that'd be oh, yeah that'd be great yeah <laughs> i would love just like Ultra boots Straight. on the ground. Yeah, yeah, man. Yep, that's what I want, and I guarantee you they're not going to do 100%, that. Hundred percent, though. But, but bring. We'll the, see. That's the thing. Bring. Nobody knows Spider-Man. Bring the stakes down. He's going to have to build yeah. rapport with the with the Avengers and all that again. Yes. Like, bring it down and then build it back up. They yes. do it in the books all the time. I agree. As long as they don't. Do... Uh, as long what as was that? No, as long as there's no one more day, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like this was this at the end of No Way Home was kind of their version of One More Day because now no one knows who he is. So wild. Uh, The other short update we got is that Thor 5 apparently is officially in development, um, but looking for a new director. This was uh, I saw this story reported by uh, John Roca and Jeff Snyder on the Hot Mike podcast. They're saying that um, despite Taika Waititi expressing interest in returning for another Thor movie, Marvel and Disney may be moving in another direction and going grittier, like a grittier Thor 5 and moving away from the comedic, silly tone of the previous two installments. Um, I can see that working. I can see that being uh, well-received because... We've never gotten really like a straight up, like a dark and gritty Thor movie. There were, there've been elements of that along his journey, whether it be in Avengers movies or in like solo movies. But, um, you know, there was some like, you know, Christian Bale was pretty hardcore in, um, Thor love and thunder, but that was pretty much the only hardcore thing about that. Like there's definitely room for like a, to the rest of the tone of the movie, which also didn't work. And yeah. Yeah. He, He was, Christian Bale was in a, acting as if he was in a different movie. <laughs> Christian <laughs> Bale was the in time. the Nolan trilogy still and yeah. 
he he heard superhero movie and he's like, oh, I know how to do this. And then I know how to do. (laughs) Wait, no, 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 very different superhero movie. Yeah, Christian Bale was in uh, dark and gritty Thor five, and everyone else was in light and jokey, silly Thor four. Maybe that's it. Um, Maybe everybody was in Ragnarok. He was in Thor five, and we're gonna meet in the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the Um, stepping stone. Yeah. I would like that. I think there's room for that. Like there's room for um, certainly some because the t- like Thor movies throughout the tone is always like slightly lighter. I guess like the Dark World maybe they tried to go a little bit grittier and it didn't really work. Um, but uh, uh, but it's also like Marvel and Disney, so you never really know what they're going to be allowed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, if this was like Warner Brothers, then we'd get like a pretty hard edge PG thirteen Thor movie. Like like. Like the rumors of like w- the Wonder Woman being like more, uh, you know, badass, merciless uh, warrior kind of thing. Same thing could be done with Thor easily, but I don't know if they really have the um, ability to do that in a family friendly setting. So, um, but it's officially in development. And you know what? Um, Chris Hemsworth being, you know, kind of the last. Uh, the last one standing other than i guess mark ruffalo is hulk but like there's no real he's not going to get a standalone movie because right. there's no still ability for him to yeah. yeah so as far as solo Which... movies go chris hemsworth as thor is like the last original avenger that's around i've also never so... understood that like it's got to be something with the deal of why universal like won't let them do a hulk movie like it's got to be something about the revenue sharing or whatnot is it Universal or is it Paramount? Might be, I don't remember. I can't remember. Whoever I don't remember which studio it is. Whoever owns I, the rights, like yeah. there there has to be some weird something because there's no well, reason like Sony they wouldn't want to just cash in on right. a free movie effectively. Well, no, I don't think that it's I don't think it's Paramount that's saying no. I think it's Disney that doesn't want to share the profits with Paramount. I think Paramount uh, would be like, hell yeah, let's make a Hulk movie right. so we can make some money. Well, and there might um, be like a timing tick out on the deal or something where... Yeah. yeah. I think Disney know, I think Disney and Marvel know that Spider-Man is a big enough character where it's worth making that co-distribution deal yeah. with Sony. Whereas Hulk works just fine as a sidekick or as a member of a team um so they don't have to they can they can still have their mcu and they don't have to give him a solo movie right and spidey Um, spidey works great as a sidekick and whatever but also has enough panache as that solo character exactly yeah i get you yeah so that's my thought so um gotta wonder how much longer chris hemsworth is going to be sticking around as thor He's the only um, one that's been like, yeah, I'm going to do this until they stop paying me. He yeah, literally came out and said that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're going to keep handing me money. I'll stay in shape and keep making these movies. I mean, he has said that he would like to do go in a different direction for Thor 5. So maybe that's... Yeah, maybe he, that's Maybe he's part into... of the... Exactly. Maybe that's yeah. part of the reason that they're going in a different... Looking for a different director. Because Hemsworth doesn't want to just be like goofy, silly uh, uh, Thor anymore. Um especially since he went through an entire journey in the two Avengers movies that I felt like should have left him in a different place uh, than where we found him in Thor love and thunder, but it's just me. Um, yep. Here we are. I, I would love a, uh, I would love a, a, a 
bit of a grittier Thor five. So we'll see uh, what happens with that. Obviously, we're not going to see that movie for years and years. Yeah, but I would love if they did like, yeah, it, it'd be tough though. Like, yeah, they'd. I was thinking like Donny Cates Thor. I don't know if you read any of that, but mm-hmm. it was very much more fantastical and cosmic and not, oh, cool. but still like not not Taika, uh, right? Like what they did, um, very like Thor effectively takes over for Odin and does the whole. There's a whole Galactus thing, and it's it's well beyond where Thor is in the movies, and it's not something they could pull off easily, yeah. and it's just not feasible. So I'm not going to bother prognosticating on it. Yeah. Well, like, based on everything that they've introduced in either Ragnarok or Love and Thunder or the Avengers movies or whatever, like, or whatever we're going to see leading up to Thor 5, like it gives them opportunities to put Thor different places. He doesn't have to be tethered to earth. He can do that cosmic stuff. And maybe Thor five doesn't come out until after fantastic four. And we get some of that weird Galactus stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like you were talking about. So like, who knows what they could do by the time Thor five is ready to come out. Who knows where we're going to be with the MCU. Right. Plus I never finished that. I never finished the series, but I heard it. The the ending was mixed, but either way, like there's, it's the standard, like, you know, there's plenty of pieces that can be taken from any of these runs of any of these books. So sure. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth being like, we just said the last man standing, like he's like, who else is like a core Avenger at this point? Like you got Thor, Dr. Strange, Hulk, Captain Marvel, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. Yeah. That's am I missing anybody? Like that's like the four that come to mind that it feel like quote unquote, leaders you know i mean, guess spider-man i guess but you know yeah i mean like sam oh of course i keep forgetting that captain america 4 is happening yeah i every time we talk about it on this podcast i'm like oh yeah yeah i forgot about captain well, america keep, 4 my biggest thing is so I of course it's as of course as it is yeah like it, it's it seems like it's ready to come out as soon as the strikes are over <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, of, of course, uh, the new Captain America um, will be part of that for sure. White vision, um, but like he's but it's like Sam as a character isn't necessarily proven as Captain America yet. We really saw him as Captain America in one episode of that series, right? So I guess when I'm thinking of like characters that we have connected with and actors playing them, like yes, right. Chris Hemsworth as Thor, like that he's like a pillar of the MCU. At this point, Cumberbatch as Strange is like a pillar of the MCU. Ruffalo right. as Hulk, pillar of the MCU. Well, and, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you can say with, Sam Wilson as Captain America is a pillar of the MCU. I was going to say yet. Like, any relationship we have with Sam Wilson outside of the TV show, literally at the end of it, is yeah. as Falcon, Falcon sidekick, right, or partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like Captain America Four has to kind of cement him as a pillar of the MCU. And then 100% um, he's, yeah. you know, cornerstone for the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, speaking of movies that we're not going to see for a while, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom has been delayed. More uh, rumors of trouble for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It got delayed not one, but by two whole days it's not a big deal there's no trouble it's just two days no big deal it got delayed from wednesday december 20th 
Friday, December 22nd. Which actually oh. works out well for me because the 20th is my oh, mom's yeah? birthday. So it was going to be oh. very tough to make it to that. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Um, uh, so now if you want to go read... on opening day, we can. <laughs> um. Well, I know that you and me and Jesse at Funky Town were talking about doing a thing yeah. for Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. I'll have to revisit that and see if uh, it's going to happen. Stay tuned, listeners, watchers, if that uh, becomes a thing. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's not really like a, a big deal. I th- the thing that I read said that, you know, Warner Brothers has like two or three big releases in December because I think Wonka they're doing Color Purple the, too. Yep. So like they have Wonka, they have Aquaman, and they have Color Purple. And you know, as minuscule as a two day move, really, like how many people were going to go see Aquaman on Wednesday night? Probably not many people anyway. No, it does give Wonka two extra days to rake in some money before Aquaman. Um, most most likely derails it at the box office um because i don't know steve i've seen a couple trailers for wonka and that doesn't look very good it does not look like a movie i want to see so everything i've seen about wonka makes it the perfect i'll find it on netflix or max when i'm like sitting home sick and be like yeah i'll watch it yeah like i'm intrigued by it but i'm not like going to the movies intrigued by it not at all, because it just seems like they don't understand. Again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what happens. But in the book and the original movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka's the villain. He's yeah. not the good oh, guy. 100%. He's not the hero. Stop trying to make movies that are about Willy Wonka. He's the bad guy. He's not a root for him. He, in, you know, he enslaves Oompa Loompas and kills children in his... Yeah. factory we're also like, talking about studios that made a morbius movie with him as an anti-hero exactly and a craven movie <laughs> they're doing with him the same an thing to wonka and they're making multiple <laughs> venom like we're not talking we're not talking venom with the setup to like the symbiote maybe yeah. getting in over its head or whatever like venom like three main Spider-Man villains are quote unquote yep. anti-heroes in all these movies. And it's like these studios just don't, I mean, you know, hypothetically yeah. the Venom movies worked out and were fun popcorn movies. However, uh, the other two worked out financially. Uh, yes. I can't say they worked out uh, critically. But, you know. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it boggles my mind. Like the, the fundamental misunderstanding of some of these characters by these large studios are like yeah man i i get you know you see wonka and you want to find a way to make a buck off it but Mm -hmm. yeah and timothy chalamet is like okay i'll cash paycheck it's fine yeah i would love a uh a willy wonka and venom crossover now that you meant you compared the two franchises yes like uh eddie brock goes to investigate you know, he brings his brings his investigative reporter skills to investigate the Willy Wonka, the Wonka chocolate factory uh, about no, the disappearance no, no. You're, of you're children and disappearance different. of enslaved Oompa Loompa characters. <laughs> and it just goes sideways from there. Yep. So the sequel yep. to that ends up being uh, the symbiote actually attaches to Wonka. Oh, yeah, of and course. Things go of completely course. awry. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking. Or, we're or, talking Life Foundation on steroids. <laughs> maybe Wonka becomes the new uh, Carnage, and then that's <laughs> he's a purple Carnage. But yeah, but he's also like, in he's like symbiote, but also like chocolate at the same time. 
All the like packaging the just has. The symbiote infuses. This is what it is, Steve. This is what it is. The symbiote infuses with chocolate and gets made into a chocolate bar, yep. which is then eaten by Willy Wonka. And that's how he gets a combination the, symbiote the chocolate and he gets chocolate symbiote powers. <laughs> that's the movie. Oh, God. We're write spitting it. out genius stuff here. Warner Brothers and Sony, start talking. Throw us some money. We'll write the whole thing for you. <laughs> we got time. It's it'll, fine. It'll, it'll take a day. <laughs> we'll write the whole thing. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's amazing. That's our pitch. <sighs> Pay us if you want the whole thing. Uh, speaking of movies uh, getting delayed. And I made a big joke about uh, trying to set up Aquaman 2 as if it was going to be delayed a long time. It is not. A movie that is getting delayed a long time is Mission Impossible 8 has been delayed due to the writers and actor strike. It's getting delayed from originally supposed to come out June 28th, 2024. Now it's coming out May 23rd, 2025, which for me, a big Mission Impossible fan, sucks. Sucks quite a bit. And also, if that wasn't enough, being reported that they are going to be changing the title of the film it was going to be called dead reckoning part two and uh no new title has been announced but that they are planning to change the title and it's being speculated that the change in title is becoming be is coming about because the first film underperformed at the box office so that they don't want people that didn't like it or didn't want to see it think it's just more of a movie that they like or want to see so they're going to change the title to try to get people to see it yeah that's a weird move for me because yeah now you have a movie called dead reckoning part one and you're just never going to have a movie called part two ever that's weird like are they going to retroactively change the name of dead reckoning part one to just dead reckoning oh 100 percent yeah. Like it comes out on Blu-ray, it's probably just going to be called Dead Reckoning, right? When that, they're going to just leave the part one out. Yep, you see it on streaming, and they'll just, you know, go they'll and, digitally go take that and, like, part take one that out. Check yeah, out. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah, that will be interesting to see if they do that because it's supposed to come out. I think on streaming, or supposed to be able to like purchase. I just looked it up before we started. I think it's going to you be able to purchase it through Amazon uh, next month. Okay. It's going to be on Paramount Plus like early in 2024, like February or whatever 2024. So it'll be very interesting whether or not that part one is still there when it hits uh, streaming services. And I get the reasoning behind that. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think the quality of the movie is why people didn't go see it. I think people didn't go see it because it was a completely packed summer and it came out, you know, a week before Oppenheimer and Barbie and like yeah. a week after some other big blockbuster like indiana jones or something i don't remember like there was like it came out in a crowded summer yeah if it had come out in the fall or had come out in late august or something like it, it i think it would have hit huge but it came out in a crowded summer of a lot of similar yeah uh, not not similar movies but like venn diagram a lot of underperforming of people that want to see that movie are going to see these other movies right yeah, and well, yeah. I really want to see Mission Impossible, but I'm definitely doing the Barbenheimer meme next right. week. So and I got to catch Indy when that. that comes out. So do I hit this or that or like you know? And there's... I just saw Guardians three three weeks ago. So yeah. I don't know. I don't want to spend all my money. Like you know, I don't want to spend summer. my entire summer in the movie theater. And yeah, yeah. 
And it's it's weird that they wait they didn't wait until it came out digitally to make this announcement or like to leak this news because it could easily explode on digital. You know, yeah. like there could be you know, the the ratings could go through the roof. People could buy it like crazy, people could stream it like crazy when it hits Paramount Plus, like you know, the numbers could go way up. So um I don't know, maybe they won't change the name eventually, but uh I guess we'll see. We Chelsea, and I'm bummed that I have to wait a whole other year uh, for the sequel to that movie. It's a bummer. But, you know. But, as much as a bummer it is, I'm glad that writers and actors are going to be getting paid more of what they deserve. So, yeah. in the long run, worth it. Um, uh, the chat uh, noted that uh, going back to our prior conversation, maybe a symbiote attached to Charlie's grandpa, and that's how his lazy ass got out of bed. <laughs> They really do gloss over that in that original film, don't they? Absolutely, completely. It's like, oh, I haven't been out of bed in 12 years or whatever, but, oh, I have a chance to go to a chocolate factory. We're (laughs) running and jumping down the street. Miraculously healed. (laughs) You got a golden ticket? I'm out of this bed. the healing powers of chocolate, (laughs) my friend. That's right. Uh, The symbiotic relationship that chocolate has with a human being. Worth being explored. I think I'm um, sure somebody's done that study. Somebody will do it when we write that script. That's true. Literal symbiotic. <laughs> uh, Eddie Brock in the chocolate factory, Willy Wonka in the venom factory. What's it called? <laughs> uh, um, Wonka enter the venom verse. Yeah. <laughs> Wonka colon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies that we won't see for a long time again uh remember when uh director sean levy was announced that he was going to be making a star wars film mm-hmm. it was quite a while ago although they did not talk about it at star wars celebration we immediately thought this was in jeopardy apparently is still happening um sean levy who's talking a lot lately because he's the director of a deadpool movie that is paused in production and um actors can't talk about anything right now so getting a lot of quotes from directors lately Sean Levy was asked about his Star Wars project and more or less said that he was asked to make it his own, which is something that a lot of Star Wars fans don't think has been happening at Lucasfilm lately. When you go back and you think about the behind the scenes troubles on movies like Rogue One, Solo, Rise of Skywalker, um directors being fired directors being replaced directors being hired and then let go before a script is even turned in or before cameras even start rolling like a lot of turnover at lucasfilm a lot of people looking at bob Iger, kathleen kennedy as kind of like keeping a uh kind of a stronghold on um the creative aspect of star wars movies which I think is, if that's true, I think that's the wrong way to go because I think any franchise gets stifled from micromanagement and needs room to breathe, needs room to expand and try new things. And what better way than just let a director go to town on um, whatever their idea they have to yeah. expand themselves, expand the universe. But anyway, this kind of flies in the face of all uh, all that theory. Uh, he was quoted as saying, when Kathleen Kennedy 
brought me on board to make a Star Wars movie. Her central mandate to me was, I want a Sean Levy movie. I want a story and tone that reflects you and your taste and what you bring to your movies with a Star Wars story. So I have felt extremely empowered. We are in the early days, unfortunately, because the development process was abruptly paused due to the WGA strike. But I feel very empowered to trust my instincts into the development of this story and movie. The experience that I'm currently having with Marvel on Deadpool is showing me firsthand that it is indeed really possible to feel empowered and personal about making a movie within a universe that is bigger than any one film. My Deadpool movie is turning out to be exactly what Ryan Reynolds and I had hoped when we started off. So I'm going into the development of my Star Wars movie with a similar optimism and faith that my instincts will be allowed to lead the way. So I feel like that is very heartening that Kathleen Kennedy is has faith in a director to just be themselves and write their own story. Now, the other side of that coin. No offense to Sean Levy as a director. But if you look at his filmography, I think that he can be described as a director that is, quote unquote, safe. You know what I mean, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Films he has directed include Big Fat Liar, Cheaper by the Dozen, The Pink Panther, Night at the Museum Trilogy, Date Night, which is a phenomenal film. I'll give him that. Real Steel, Free Guy, The Atom Project, and Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3 is the only R-rated movie he's ever made. Probably the most intense movie he's ever made. No, that's not true because Date Night is R-rated. But he did. Uh, he was a producer on Stranger Things too. That is correct, yes. Yeah. And he's directed episodes of um, Stranger Things. So I think that part of the reason Kathleen Kennedy is so adamant about getting a Sean Levy movie is that she knows that Sean Levy is a pretty safe director. And he's not going to pull any weird David Lynch things or what, you know, David Cronenberg right. <laughs> weirdness. Or, um, I mean, to be fair, Ryan Johnson, who you knew going into hiring Ryan Johnson, what you were getting. Right. But they also, remember, they loved everything about The Last Jedi until the fans, until the fans were split yeah. on it. Until 50% of the fans hated it. Yeah. They were all in. They gave him a trilogy. They loved him so much. Fair enough. So, I mean, I I still want to see that trilogy, but we're not going to, I don't think. I think the the better example is um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller on Solo. Yeah. Like, you hired them knowing the kind of movies that they make. Right, they were, and then you let them make Lego movie. Like, it wasn't too far. Lego movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you let them make 80% of a movie and then you fired them. Mm-hmm. Like that is crazy to me. Um, so yeah, cause what year did, what year did uh solo was 2018? Uh, yes, I, I, yes, because then rise of Skywalker was 2019. The year after yeah. it came out the year after. Yeah. So just off of, just off the pace for solo, they did this crazy thing called Spider-Man into the spider verse. Right. And before yeah. that, you know, Lego Batman Lego mo- and yeah. Lego, like the same year it was Lego Batman, the Lego movie, 22 Jump same. Street, like, right. Yeah. You hired those know. guys. What movie did you think they were going to make? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, and, and, and look at who they replaced them with. 
when they fired Lord Miller, who'd they get? Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Like Very... one of the safest filmmakers like, in all of Hollywood. Love, one of love the most... Ron Howard. Very milk toast. Yeah, exactly. I love I think he's a great director yeah. too. And I hey, and I love solo. I love that movie that oh, the, yeah, the, the, the resulting movie we got, I think is great. But like they clearly pivoted to somebody that they could trust to make a safer, less edgy, less outside the box film. Holy um, shit. Do you so, know what I didn't realize? What's that? Lord and Miller were uh just about uh, they were creators, showrunners, writers, producers on Clone High. I did not know that. I didn't either. And that's amazing. Because oh, wow. I wow. loved Clone High. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. good. It was, it nice. was a, a deep cut from back in the day that most of our listeners probably have no idea about. <laughs> yeah, I'm only uh, very vaguely familiar with it. I don't think I ever saw it. But... Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, Have you ever seen Game Night, Steve? I have not. I highly recommend that movie. Yeah. It is hilarious. Nice. It's basically like a mixture. It's a it's like a romantic comedy version of uh like David Fincher's The Game. Have you ever seen The Game? I think so. Yeah, where uh Michael Douglas doesn't know if it's he's yep. in it's really happening yeah. or not. Like that's that kind of thing where there's like a bunch of couples at a game night and someone's like I'm um, doing this like extra reality thing like you don't know and then like shit starts happening and they think it's part of a game for a long time until it's not uh, until it's not yeah. and it's really 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 funny and like incredibly well executed like it's more of like an action comedy okay. but there's a little bit of like romance like I I Baby, can't Baby really Lee recommend McAdams it enough too, it's great. that seems like a solid Oh, she's yeah, Rachel McAdams. She's incredible in it. She's so funny. Um, uh, Jesse Jesse Plemons, yeah, out of this world, out of this world, funny in it. Like, definitely should watch it. Nice. Can't recommend it enough to anybody watching or listening. Watch Game Night. Came out in like 2010 or something. So good, so funny. Yeah, Jason Bateman and um, Rachel McAdams are the stars. It's so funny. Now, what brought you to that movie? Uh, because he directed it. Sean Levy directed it. No, Sean Levy directed Date Night. John Francis Daly oh. directed. What am I? What am I looking at? Oh, okay. I saw Date Night. Date and I guess Night I was wanted Steve Carell and Tina Fey from 2010. Okay. That All right. Like then a, who directed Game Night? Uh, John Francis Game Night's Daly way better. And, um, uh, who does he write with? Jonathan Goldstein. Okay, then I will uh reiterate the fact that I think Sean Levy is a very safe filmmaker. Yeah. And I got confused with Date Night and Game Night. I've never seen Date Night. And from what I remember thinking about it when it came out, I thought it looked lame. Game Night is the movie that I think you should all watch. So just to clarify, Game Night, Game Night, Date Night, I'm sure, yeah, maybe it's fine. But Game Night, brilliant, hilarious. Watch it. So sorry about my confusion there. (laughs) You're like, why are you talking about this random movie? Yeah, no, because... John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein did the new D and D movie and Horrible Bosses yes. and uh, Game Night. They were and... also attached to The Flash for a short amount of time. Oh, well, I yeah, wish I'd have seen that movie instead of what we saw. Same. I well, I, I like I liked what we saw. I yeah. know. I was, we don't have we I don't have to relitigate it, The but... Flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta watch that again. That's a that's 
on my list to watch again once spooky season is over for yeah. sure is that out on max now it is on max yes yeah it's still um, out, by the way it still hurts every time i say max and not hbo max same dude it's yeah. so stupid I'm like i it just feels wrong so stupid um oh, want to do some comic reviews yeah, spider-man homecoming Watson, oh yeah that's Watson right daily road homecoming that's right i forgot which yeah I guess, they know their stuff yeah that would be your favorite spider-man movie of the new trilogy so there you go correct correct anyway game night not date night hashtag okay. game night not date night um i'm gonna review a comic steve are you i'm gonna too yeah i am um again since i was not able to make it to funky town comics and vinyl this week this is not a new book necessarily I got this uh, a week or two ago. It's a book from Dark Horse called The Midnight Show. As you can see, I picked it because of spooky season. Uh, just based on the cover alone, you can tell that it involves a variety of uh, monsters, classic and otherwise. Uh, this is a book by uh, Cullen Bunn, uh, written by Cullen Bunn, with art by Brian Hurt, colors by Bill Crabtree, and letters by Jim Campbell. Uh, it is a cool story. If you are into um, spooky movies, horror movies of any kind, uh, specifically like maybe like the original Universal horror movies, Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Creature from Black Lagoon, that kind of stuff. Uh, it is about a film director or the legend of a film director named Basil Saxon. Uh, who directed a lot of old horror movies in like the 50s, like old-timey kind of horror movies, black and white stuff, and uh, disappeared during the filming of his last film that was never completed. And uh, they thought the footage was lost for a long time and uh, that it would never, it was like a, a fabled lost film. And now in the modern times, it has been found and is being shown for the first time in a small town. Uh, I believe the director small town, maybe if I'm reading it right, nice. uh, small town of Cedar Bluffs. And while the movie is being shown, uh, when it gets to whatever scene of whatever monster, that monster manifests in reality and uh, starts haunting and or murdering people as it sees fit. So there's these cool segments of, you know, once the movie starts, you get these cool like one or two page mini horror stories where it shows the scene in the movie and then you turn and then it's a scene in reality of like, oh, in the movie, they're discovering the mummy's tomb. And in reality, this mummy is showing up in a video store and killing these teenagers and like this just like I didn't, you don't realize it at first. You're kind of like, wait, what is is this in the movie or is this yeah. really happening? And it's kind of just, just kind of jumping back and forth. It's really cool. Um, sets it up uh, as an ongoing tale. I'm not sure if the second one is out already. Cause, oh, it says on sale November 1st will be the issue, uh, second issue. So coming out this go. week should be Midnight Show number two. It's from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, it was really fun if you're into that kind of thing. Certainly a great read uh, if you're in the mood uh, for something spooky for Halloween or you know just after spooky season has ended. Um, it was cool. I like the art quite a bit. Um, uh, Brian Hurt uh, is really kind of crushing it. Um, and it's a good mix. Uh, he's kind of like invoking. Um, oh, there's like a cool like uh, werewolf killing there for oh, okay. the washers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of um, kind of invoking like a old Universal monster gothicness, uh, but also uh, setting it in a modern um, modern time, modern trapping. So yeah, um, 
yeah, really cool. Midnight Show from Dark Horse Comics. Issue 2 comes out this week, um, this Wednesday, November 1st. Check it out. Perfect. That's what I got. What do you got, Steve? I have Edenwood from Image. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. A Edenwood. Eden? Edenwood? Edenwood, Eden maybe. Eden or Eden? I don't know. Okay. I was reading it as Edenwood. It may be Edenwood. Uh, All right. Tony Daniel. I'd assume you know him. Oh, uh, sure do. So art and story by Tony Daniel. Of wow. Okay. I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've ever read anything by him. I've definitely seen his art. Yeah. He's done uh, a ton sure. of, you know, Batman and every other. Yeah. Batman stuff. Is what stuff. I know him from. Yeah. Um, yep. So book from image. He did, uh, he did the art and the uh, story. Awesome. Very. I mean, the art is absolutely gorgeous. Like yeah, there's, he's an incredible. It's artist. definitely not a, uh, you know a pg book um Mm -hmm. it's it's very much uh setting up like demon killing demon slaying uh there's a i guess ages long conflict between demons and witches that has come to america and there's this whole setup on everything uh the beginning of it starts a very uh horror movie with and i almost had to stop reading like they They did it very well in the sense that they set up the annoying teenagers and blah 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 and yeah. Uh, but yep. the way the way they wrote it was probably exactly how teenagers are nowadays. And I'm just old. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm like, I I can't read this. This is just annoying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I'm almost there. All right, we got through. But it's beautiful to look at. Um, yeah. And the story ultimately, like, I think it may pick up at some point, like there's i can see some through threads there's a lot of setup in this it's a whole you know standard whole new universe type thing where issue one you're setting up a bunch um seems like reviews online are pretty pretty solid i did the old i read it and i wasn't like sold immediately on it so i'm like i wonder what other people think about this Um, and it seems like it seems very uh very swingy in people that are immediately bought in or people like me where like I see there might be some bones, but I'm not, I'm not there. Not fully um, on board. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, especially if you enjoy Tony Daniels art, it's, it's great. Uh, from that. Nice. End. Um, yeah. Visually just stunning book. So, uh, nice. Is that already out or is it coming out this week? I believe it's out this week. No, it might've been oh, out cool. last week. Um, all right. Let me see what the release date is. Yeah. It's out last out this week or out last week you can get it at funky town on wednesday awesome <laughs> i was like Perfect. i don't know how to convey this but hell they open on wednesday anyway yeah. so no matter what it's going to be in store it's there yeah nice two spooky books uh some time for spooky oh, season the other the other thing was i had a, a double tony daniel week because he did do the cover for uh uncanny Ooh. spider-man 2 oh that's a dope cover which uh i would highly recommend for anyone who likes kurt wagner or peter parker um it's a great great little uh combo uh, or at least number one as i haven't read two yet but um nightcrawler working as a spider-man yeah because I why not that's good so why not why not he seems like of any of the x-men like someone that could he could do spidey things oh for sure yeah he can already like climb up walls and stuff yeah so perfect doesn't need to swing he just bamfs bamfs yeah uh cool 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 this uh week in your local comic book store you can also find aquaman and the lost kingdom special number one 
um, I don't know. I, re- I think this is a uh, kind of a boneheaded move. Like they probably should have delayed this book for two days so it can really line up with the release of Aquaman. <laughs> anyway, bravo. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom special number one, Avengers number seven, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, Scorched Earth number one. I think that's a one shot into that. It goes along with that Gotham War storyline. Buffy, The Last Vampire Slayer, number four. Doctor Strange, number nine. Gargoyles, Dark Ages, number I forgot to write it down. Godzilla, Here There Be Monsters, number five. Grim Fairy Tales, number 77. Heat Seeker Gun Honey, number four. It's Jeff, the Jeff verse, number one. I believe that is about Jeff the Land Shark. Yes, it adorable is. Adorable creature from uh, Marvel Universe, yeah. Uh, King Spawn, number 27, Magneto, number four, Masters of the Universe, Forge of Destiny, number three, My Little Pony, number 18, My Little Pony, Camp Big Hoof, number four, Night of the Living Dead, Kin, number two, Return of Superman, 30th Anniversary Special, number one, they did a Death of Superman, 30th Anniversary Special a few months ago, this is the Return, 30th Anniversary Special, also got Savage Red Sonia, number one, Scarlet Witch, number 10, Spider Boy, number one, Star Wars, number 40, Star Wars Hyperspace Stories, number 10. Stranger Things Voyage, number one. Supergirl Special, number one. Ultimate Universe, number one. Vampirella Dead Flowers, number two. Venom, number 27. White Widow, number one. And X-Men, number 28. Big week, starting off November. Huge in your local comic book store. Steve, anything's on your pull list? I know you're doing X-Men stuff, or are uh, you looking forward to picking up anything, reading anything? I'm still in X until, I'm still in X until the uh, ultimate stuff drops. Um, until the end. I, I'm torn. Like when that, when that all happens, because of like the way these ultimate books look. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything that came out this week on them. Um, no. So coming out of ultimate invasion uh for anyone who missed our last episode they're relaunching the marvel ultimate universe um with ultimate x-men ultimate spider-man and ultimate of black panther which yeah all three of those titles are going to be amazing um the spider-man uh hickman basically dropped that it's going to be spidey and mj and their kids yeah, I saw that, man. I'm yeah. really happy about that. So, like, yeah. It's and there's a lot great. of people that are going to be happy about that because a lot of people have been complaining that Marvel just can't let Peter and MJ stay together despite yeah. so many people wanting that to happen. So now we're finally getting at least an ultimate version of them as adults, mm-hmm. having a relationship, being married, having kids. Yes, please. That's all we want. That's what we want. We and, want an evolution of a character and not just have them being stagnant with wheels spinning. And it's Hickman and so. Chichetto, so the art's going to be yeah. great and the writing is going to be Hickman. So take yeah. that as you will, because I know people are either all in or all out on Hickman. It's a very yeah, polarizing sure. thing. Uh, I'm usually yep. all in. Uh, and yeah. then Peach Momoko, like, doing X-Men stuff. Like, okay. Know. I'm, yeah, that's cool. So I'm pretty sure my Fall of X uh, sub is going to stop at one point. I may keep a couple of the books running, um, but uh, shift to the Ultimates because it just seems cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know if there's anything that I'm really pulling this week. Uh, honestly, the Aquaman Lost Kingdom special kind of is intriguing to me just to kind of see, I don't know where that's going to go. Return to Superman. Uh interesting to me as well if we get like kind of revisiting of those uh 
uh, comics from my youth. Um, you know, the four that replaced him before he came back. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what it's about, but anyway, right. um, interesting to me for sure. Um, but I am definitely going to spend this week uh, catching up on books that I haven't read for the last couple of weeks because of my, um, uh, you know, spooky season escapades. Uh, now that is drawing to a close, I'll have uh, more free time to read non-spooky stuff. So I'll be diving back into a bunch of stuff, including uh, Birds of Prey, number two, that I still haven't read. I'm very excited about that because I love number one so much. Um, but speaking of comic books and Halloween... I should have said this up top, but I'm saying it now that Funky Town Comics is doing another uh, partnering with a Solve Public Library. For those of you that are in the Syracuse area on Halloween night, um, before you go trick or treating or during or after whatever. Kids can get a free comic book and free candy from Funky Town Comics at the Solve Public Library starting at 4 p.m. and going until question mark we're gonna be there for a long time probably until they run out of books or run out of candy or run out of kids that uh care so um uh, if you want to do some trick-or-treating and also get a comic book for your kids you can check out solve a public library and visit uh say hi to funky town comics while they're there again starting at four o'clock in the afternoon i feel like that's pre prime trick-or-treating time like you can stop down at four o'clock and still be hitting the houses in your neighborhood by six o'clock right oh yeah i'm sure we will be. The sun's, sun's down yeah so uh, make sure to check that out. Steve, do you have any uh, specific Devil's Night and or Halloween plans coming up in the next two nights here? No, I'm going to walk around with a Ninja Turtle and see what happens. No, there you go. There you go. Um, I'm going to walk around with Sonic the Hedgehog mm. on uh, Tuesday night, uh, probably wearing the same skeleton onesie that I'm wearing right now because it's very warm, and I'll even probably be layered up underneath. I was going to say, I might might throw the old Chewy onesie on. That's always a classic on uh... Oh. You got a chewy onesie? I got a chewy onesie. Oh, yeah. We should uh, hang out next next in-person uh, recording that we do. We should just be both <laughs> just, wearing chewy. Just doing chewy onesies. <laughs> yeah. Or next, May the 4th. Whatever we do on May the 4th. There you go. Just chewy onesies. Um, and I'll, I will also say that I'm very excited that tomorrow I'm going with a friend of mine to see the original 1978 Halloween uh, nice. at a uh, local theater here. I've, never nice. se- I've loved that movie. I've watched it a million times. I've never seen it in a big screen, so pumped to be going to see it tomorrow night uh, on the big screen so um yeah and then uh after trick-or-treating i will be uh putting my son to bed and then watching evil dead 2 at least and uh probably something else because that has been my go-to halloween night movie for the last many years there you go what i do yeah so i'm excited i don't have um Although you don't have I a go-to. Say, no, my my son did see the nightmare for nightmare before Christmas for the first time this week. Oh, was, what did he think? He lo- he absolutely loved it, and I was like, "That's oh, good because it's a Christmas movie, so we can watch yeah. it again in a <laughs> yeah. couple months." <laughs> That's right. That's right. I showed it to my son uh, for the second time. He remembered some of it, and yeah. uh, he thought it was okay. Okay, I was kind of let down. He was like, "That nah, was okay. It was kind of boring." I was like, "What? It's so good." I don't he, know. Uh, okay, fine. What was it? Where were we? We went to where were we this weekend? What did I do? Who am I? You, you <laughs> came to my house for a party. I don't know what else you did other than that. Uh, I can't remember where, where we were on Saturday, but we were somewhere, and all of a sudden, um, oh, we were up at. Uh, we went to. We took him. Long story. We took him to Great Escape with his cousins for. Oh wow for his uncle's birthday that was his, oh cool his uncle's birthday request was to take all the kids to great escape and we're like dope okay that's awesome um yeah. so we went up 
uh, thankfully it was sunny and 70 instead of today, which was rainy and 40. Yeah. Um, geez. Yeah. So we ended up going up there and they had their Halloween thing going on. And oh, um, cool. all of a sudden this is Halloween comes on and he's like, that's from nightmare before Christmas. And it was like excited as I'll get out. I'm like, Oh, that's all right, awesome. we're good. We're good. <laughs> that's awesome. And he also told showed... me that he needs he, uh, next year. The house needs to be spookier. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, let me tell you something. Next year, we'll bring you over to Sammy's this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, I showed my son. Uh, we watched about half. We ran out of time, but in the last couple of days, we watched half of the Universal Classic Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Oh, that's um, which is great. Yeah, yep. it is a great. Because I think I mentioned recently on the podcast that I rewatched the original Frankenstein thinking like, oh, is this okay to like show my son? And yeah. I was just like, no, this is too much. It's still <laughs> it's too intense no. for like a little, like, yeah. I think, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, But Abin Costello, just like the tone is just slightly, is just comedic enough that like he could get it. But there's still like some legitimate suspense in that movie, especially for a kid who's never seen anything like that. Yeah. There's a whole scene where like Costello's walking around somebody's apartment and there's a the Wolfman is in there and like you know mm-hmm. he turns just out of the way as the Wolfman pounces on him and you know for my son who's just turned seven like that's like true suspense for him yeah. so he's just like whoa whoa he's like really invested in he What's keeps going turning to me and going yeah he at one point he went whoa he turned to me and my wife and goes guys this movie's really good <laughs> we're like yeah buddy yeah glad you like it. Yeah, that that's good that that in. toes that line between like suspense and like I don't know. I found with y- with my six year old that it's very much like any sort of tension. Like at yeah. least at least with the Ebbing Costello stuff, there's the release that's funny. Yeah, versus, and like you can tell, like yeah. the the projected tone is one of like mm-hmm. I don't believe that Lou Costello is going to get torn apart by a wolf man right now. <laughs> like on some <laughs> level, I think he understands that he's going to be okay, but there's still a little bit of like suspense and like anxiety between yep. like oh no he's in there you know like which is what you want like that's the feeling you want the you want the tension and the suspense with the knowledge that you are going to be okay you know like yeah. that's like. You know, yep. the whole reason you that people like horror movies is like I'm safe in my house, but I'm watching horrible things happen. And that's like, you know, it's that you get to you get to feel those emotions without actually being in danger. You know, that's like why horror movies, why people like horror movies. So like mm-hmm. to be able to find a movie that works that way on a seven year old uh, is great. So oh, yeah. he was happy. I was happy. Hopefully we'll be able to finish it maybe after trick or treating nice. on uh, Tuesday. We'll see. So. Well, Steve, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'd say uh, if you've got the option, feel free to check us out on your podcatcher of choice or here on YouTube uh, weekly yep. at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 9.30, 9.45. We'll <laughs> get there eventually. Those, one of those times. Uh, usually, you know, we say 9.30. Usually it's about 9.40, so feel free to swing yeah. by. Uh, pop into the chat. I know, uh, you know, last couple of weeks we've had some some nice interaction. Uh, always, yeah, it's been always great. excited for that. Um, feel free to leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice, uh, Apple Podcasts. Ideally, if you drop a five star review, we'll read it on the podcast and uh, well, sure talk will. to you next week. Um, any of the socials, the multiverse report, we're there. Um, yep. Use the Google, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can find us. Yeah, yeah if you go to the multiverse dot com, there's a link tree that'll uh, direct you to any of those. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah. All right. Well. 
it's all you got it's all i got too so until next time thanks for which thanks for witching fitting wow i didn't it's fitting but i didn't even mean to say that thanks for witching thanks for vamp i can't think of a second one i was gonna say vampire it doesn't make sense close enough thanks thanks for never mind thanks for watching never mind we'll see you next week (laughs) i'm abandoning it and we'll see you in the multiverse